Welcome to Do the Right Film. My name's Thomas. I'm known as uh, known as Steve in certain parts. Then I'm Harvey. All right, welcome back, everybody. All my co-hosts here are uh, eating snacks right now, and I'm coming over a, a sickness, which is which is why my my voice sounds. You mean hungover? No, no, no. This is uh, why I'm hungover. But this is due to uh, the plague that I caught over the week. Uh, I think I'm, I'm doing okay now. I'm better. Um, but this week we're going to be talking about Under the Silver Lake, which is directed by uh, the Andrew Garfield. It's not directed by Andrew Garfield. Starring Andrew Garfield. It's it's uh, written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. You may know him from uh, It Follows, which is very highly successful indie. Uh, is it indie? Uh, horror film that came out a few years ago that I liked a lot and you know me and horror movies we're not we're not buddies, we're not buddies. Uh, other than that uh, our topic this week we're going to be talking about uh, films that encapsulate Los Angeles like um, a lot of films are shot there whether it be on sound stages or studios and whatnot. Um, but but what films really take LA and make it like a uh, like a character in the film almost like it is a set piece of the, and a very important part of the the dynamic of the story. I think uh, not a lot of films do that. Um, so we'll be getting into that. Um, we got some movies we watched during the week as well. And yeah, I think um, I think I'm, I'm curious to know, Steve, uh, how you feeling? You drank last night. Oh, I woke up great this morning. Yeah, you feeling oh. good? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're a pro, man. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not hungover. Uh, I actually had a had a yeah, it was a very interesting night. Had a lot of fun. Played some games. Got a went to a, bo- a couple of bottles of a of a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, overall, I can't. Yeah, it was a good night. Good night. What about the rest of your week? You do any cool stuff? Notable <clears throat> entries into your chapter of life? Oh yeah, uh, I was on set all week, so shooting a lot of uh. Either shooting or just media managing or just like you know being on set. Uh, Ooh, see, I got to see Willow Smith, okay, in person. So that was interesting. She's launching a new shoe with Adidas. It's a hundred percent made of plastic. It's very interesting. Um, recycled plastic. I yeah, guess. it's, it's, it's on, the shoe is a hundred percent recyclable. You uh, can recycle it. So shoe. what if I throw it away? It just ends up back in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they thought of that. <laughs> they didn't take human, you know, the people buying this shoe are just socially and, you know, environmentally conscious. So I don't think they would do that. Hmm. I don't know. I mean. But what do you do with them? Yeah, there? I think they're uh, putting too much faith in people. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. What do you do with your old shoes? Like, say they got holes in them. They're... I burn them. You burn them? <laughs> I don't know. I that. do it. I do the Great Fire. It's called the Great. Fu- it's called the Great Fire. I put it in the backyard. I take all my old shoes and put them in a bin and just light that shit. <laughs> like a ritual. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a good idea to, to burn plastic. So. Well. You know. Yeah. You know, you know, Fuck it. Oh well. Uh, all right. Forget Will Smith's plastic shoe. What, no. else, what else is going on? Uh, I was shooting some interviews yesterday with some very successful people. Like. 
in terms of not like oh they're famous but like they're just successful in their field and people like know them mm-hmm. and uh just made me realize that uh you're a failure yeah 100 percent. you yeah yeah i mean we're all we're all failures for sure um <laughs> i think uh admitting it is the, the first step to becoming better no oh i don't think it will get better so just coping i think yeah just coping like living life yeah you're never going to mount to anything. Everything you do is kind of going Pointless. into a void of nothing. And, oh, and then you is, die. So. Yeah, it's kind of like a... All right. Yeah, it's really, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are having a good week so far. Uh, Harvey, how was your week? Um, well, I just realized everything I did this week was pointless. So, I mean, you know, that's great. Are you, are you speaking for Harvey? Right? No, I'm just saying, like, I'm just letting you know how my week is. So, I mean, hopefully your week was a little bit better. How how's the uh, the crisis going, Harvey? Crisis like uh, like work crisis? Yeah, you know the economy and shit. Uh, it's okay. Um, I I uh, it's one of my it's like, okay. Last cracks open beer, uses beer to cope. No, I mean this this beer is to have fun and relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like entering like the last few weeks of my job. It's uh it's all right. I've been applying to some other stuff. I'm uh. It's okay. Change is, change is good. I think I could either be depressed or uh, look at it as an or opportunity. Embrace to, it. Yeah, to do new things. Who knows? Maybe you'll start working at like NASA or something. NASA? That's unlikely. But <laughs> yeah, the only way I would work at NASA if they became cool with a bunch of shit real quick. Um, I can see a way you could work at NASA. You could you could serve chicken strips at the Kennedy Space that's Center. True. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could even do that. You got to pass like background checks and shit for that, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I've had an okay week. Um, yeah, nothing too exciting, I suppose. How about you? Get some new shirts? <laughs> no, I did not get any new shirts. I usually go on all, all, like a one time shopping spree and then I don't go back for like over a year. Uh, my week was pretty good. I had something pretty interesting happen to me. <clears throat> I was doing some, some driving pickups for a film production that's happening this week. <coughs> Excuse my my coughing. I'm still coming over this plague, but that's um, the five guys that's still in your throat. You're trying to fucking <laughs> fucking five. Yeah, I just ate five guys <laughs> to cure my hangover. So uh, I, I rented a truck for a production company. We we went to Jersey to go pick up some stuff for the film production. Jersey. Everything's fine and dandy, right? I, this is like my worst nightmare, to be honest with you. And it almost happened. You you ever go in a tunnel, like the Lincoln Tunnel, the Holland Tunnel, whatever it may be? Just imagine if your your car just stopped. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me. That's a <laughs> the the truck had transmission problems and just it basically stopped working. I eventually got it to kick into first gear, and I put my hazards on, and I was creeping through the tunnel at about three miles an hour. Yeah, that's and probably like dude, top three like New York City nightmares. Dude, I was like, like you're only in the tunnel for a very short amount of time, so I mean the odds of you breaking down in the tunnel aren't aren't that big. So it's probably never gonna happen to me. Yeah, it fucking happened. Um, and it's like the 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 truck was fine, like literally going into the tunnel all the way through Manhattan over the bridge from Queens. Um, and then <clears throat> yeah, just fucking took a shit on me, but. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I sat on the side of the road, um, 
for like over an hour waiting for a replacement truck. It was fun. I mean, it was it was, it was okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. Did you have people honking at you? <clears throat> no, I think everyone was like, well, there's not an obvious reason why this truck's going three miles an hour, so I'm not going to push it there. But uh, I mean, I don't know. That's not what I would expect from New York City drivers. Yeah, it's, that's true. They're, they're fucking animals. Fucking, there could be a brick wall in front of them. They'd honk at it. Fucking go. <laughs> fucking angry-ass Uber drivers, man. If your Uber driver honks, if you live in a big city... Your your Uber driver honks. Give him a bad fucking score. <laughs> Unless his honking is like justified for sure. Like there, there was you needed to honk to like alert something. But if he's just honking because some people are are fucking. What like, are we talking about? I'm just giving advice here. <laughs> Fuck Uber drivers who honk their horn. Welcome to do the right film. The best because advice. They're the, they're the ones that honk the outside my house. Like they're in the morning. They're just honking their fucking horns. Yeah, but, uh, they do that in front of a. Uh... Like outside of my bedroom window all the time. Yeah, dude, it's it's absolutely fucking rude. How, where my room is located, I don't hear anything. Must be nice room privilege, huh? All right, I think that's it for the small talk. Um, we we got to talk about movies. This is a movie podcast, and uh, I'm I'm not liking what I'm what I'm hearing. I heard some bad news before the show, but Harvey, <clears throat> didn't you lose the game? I did lose the game. I think okay. Steve assigned me uh, Everybody Wants Him. Uh-huh. Link later film, but I didn't watch it. He didn't he watch watched, it. He's like, I watched something else. <laughs> well, I did watch something else, but I didn't. Uh, I literally forgot up until that moment when I touched the dice and then it rushed back to me like a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like like a memory. I, I like absorbed the memory through the dice and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, so I didn't watch it. Uh, I, I'll watch what, it. What score would you have given it, though? Probably a zero. I'll watch it this week and uh, I'll review it next week. I could talk about some other stuff in the meantime. If y'all want to hear about that. I mean, yeah, we got to hear something, brah. Okay. Um, Anything good? Yeah, I'm about to play my mixtape real quick for the next 15 minutes. What? Um, <laughs> um, crickets. I actually watched, um, watched a little documentary called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Yeah. It is a uh, behind-the-scenes documentary uh, of the recording of Aretha Franklin's best-selling album, Amazing Grace. Oh, right, right. I know what this is. Yeah. Right. I believe it was filmed in 1972 or something like that. It was filmed at a church in Los Angeles. I believe it's called like the... I'm not really sure what the name of the church is. However, it was live filmed at a church in Los Angeles, and it was also... I'm sorry, recorded and uh, filmed, but the movie never saw saw the light of day, unfortunately, because of te- technical problems. But here we are, four decades later, and uh, the movie is out. Um, it's directed by Sidney Pollack originally. Um, it was, I suppose, finished by a guy named Alan Elliott, along with the help of a bunch of other people. I believe uh, Spike Lee's uh, company, Forty Acres and a Mule, also assisted in uh, making this possible. Um. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to what to say about this. I didn't write any notes for anything, but uh, yeah. So we're sort of giving some uh, backstory on Aretha Franklin, as if you really need any. Uh, Aretha Franklin's probably the most the best selling uh, R and B singer of all time, I believe. Probably not anymore because of Beyonce, but she grew up in the church. She uh, 
her father was a reverend. She grew up drink, singing church songs. She she sang gospel and and the choir of a church, and uh, that's sort of how she first developed her voice and and uh, sort of uh, took control of that incredible range that we that we know her for. Um, she decided she wanted to make a gospel album, uh, not only a gospel album, but a live recorded gospel album in front of a live audience. And so, uh, Warner brothers and, uh, a bunch of producers got together and they decided that they, they would record this, uh, record the audio and actually record a uh, footage of it to make a movie. And, they brought in like a legitimate church going audience and it was shot over the course of two days. And, um, it's fucking beautiful. If I'm honest, I feel like I went to church yesterday, church on a Saturday. It, it, That's it, what Jehovah witnesses do. Yeah. Yeah. That is what they do. You know why you <laughs> brought that up? Like, that's what <laughs> he's like a little kid in class. That's you what just, Jehovah's. <laughs> you just learned a new fact or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Timmy. Whatever. Men's have, men have a penis. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what they do. But yeah, it it, it felt like I uh, I I grew up in a I grew up in the church as well. Um, so I knew you were if, a man of God. <laughs> yeah, it it felt like um, I I I felt a lot of nostalgia <laughs> and a lot of memory sort of rushing back to me as I heard the songs because if you did grow up in a church especially a black church I think you would definitely identify with a lot of a lot of the the imagery and the and the songs and the and just sort of the traditions that that take place in in, in churches especially a church like this um, and so it was very comforting to a degree and it it brought me back to a to a simpler time, I suppose. Um, it was amazing to see. I suppose I haven't really seen much candid footage either of Aretha Franklin, uh, especially that of her performing. I I do enjoy her music, but seeing her like preparing with the band and with the with the gospel choir, it was it was very cool, and it it sort of. Sh- sort of showed how talented she was and how like incredible her, her ear was like she was basically just running everything and, and commanding like this entire choir and, and this entire audience with just her voice. It was just fucking impressive and it's incredibly beautiful. Um, it, uh, I'm not sure what else to say about it. Um, I did, tear up at one part because it was just it's it, it's fucking rare that I it's rare that I cry although I say that I cry a lot on this fucking podcast but I don't cry that often but I especially don't I cry I just picture you just constantly weeping to like just watching a movie that's what I picture yeah it, I, I think you would think so from the times that I've admitted it on this podcast but I, I don't and I especially never cry out of Something being just fucking beautiful, but I think this documentary is that uh, Aretha Franklin's voice, especially, is just that in- incredible. And I think the combination of hearing her voice and and just how amazing 
it, it sounds and hearing the re- and seeing the reactions from the people watching it live and also that paired with uh I don't know just growing up in an environment like this and 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 remembering uh like seeing being with my family and like uh and those closest to me like in a church and, and they're just really comforting times and, and and uh and this sort of brought me back to that I think that even if you don't really have that that history or those memories I think this is still the an incredible documentary to watch and um yeah I went to a catholic church so uh those yeah. memories aren't aren't very uh, pleasant didn't grow up Catholic, though. It's strange. That is strange. Long story. <laughs> um, but I, I think, uh, yeah, I think anyone could, could watch this and definitely, uh, if if anything, you could appreciate it for just being an incredible. You uh, you uh, see this at the theater? Yeah. Yeah, it's playing now, right? Yeah. Um, I saw it at uh, Kips Bay. It is, um, if anything, it is just an, an amazing uh live recording and i think uh, anyone could appreciate it for that even if you're religious or not or or even if you don't enjoy gospel music uh it's it's very impressive and it's very beautiful um there's some uh cameos by some by some people that just felt i suppose compelled to go see aretha franklin sing gospel there's like you can see like Mick Jagger in the back like going crazy, looking ugly as hell. Yeah, his big ass mouth, but he was <laughs> he was loving it. He was eating it up. He's like, oh, I'm appropriate the shit out of your music, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm coming. He's right nose, like, yeah, yep. Yeah. What else you got? But, How to sound black? Let me see. But um, man, I don't know what else to say about this. There's no narrative or I don't know. There's no arcs or plots. It's just a Beautiful, dare I say, beautiful amazing. live album, and uh, it's a five out of five. It's yeah. an incredible documentary, and it's a uh, it's it's amazing how just how great it looks too. Um, cool. It, it was never completed initially because of technical problems. I'm not really sure what those were, but yeah, it looked great to me. I don't know if. I'm guessing it was probably remedied by some modern technology that we have, but um, I didn't notice anything off about it or anything like that. Uh, I think if y'all earned it, that sort of thing, it would be a great watch and a great experience for sure. Um, but nah, yeah, man, too, everyone's too busy watching the Beyonce at Coachella. Yeah, oh, yeah, which is interesting because it came out sort of like <laughs> basically the same time. Wait, you think she was trying to undercut that? You think she did that on purpose? She's like, oh, hell no, Aretha. <laughs> you got enough attention. It's about me now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That is quite a coincidence. But, um, yeah, I've heard good things about that as well. But I've watched half of it. Oh, yeah? I watched more than half of it. I mean, it's pretty repetitive, to be honest with you. Uh, I guess I'll just talk about watching part of this movie. Uh, it went off way too fucking long. Uh, Are you but, talking about the, the yeah, be, Beyonce? Yeah, home, Homecoming. A film, you want to know what it's called? Beyonce, a film by Beyonce. No, it's called Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Directed I mean, and written by Beyonce. It's even a film. <laughs> it's a documentary, you know. It's, it's just a, perf- it's, it's a, li- it's a live recording. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, but there's like, yeah, there's narrative threads about her experience, you know, being giving birth and then kind of like jumping back into like doing this huge, huge performance. Yeah, we get it. With, you got money, right? 
Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's just like the fact that she was able to get like over like what a hundred, like uh, like what is a hundred person crew, like steppers, like you know band, just over, just that's impressive. And it's and it's 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 a it's quite a feat. And it's I don't say it's the most interesting documentary I've ever seen. There is I think highlighted moments, and I think there's cool spots. And you know, if you're really into Beyonce and that you know that lifestyle, that <laughs> lifestyle. The Beyonce lifestyle. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. Uh, I think you, there's something for you to get. I think you can get something out of it. But me personally, I realized that shit went on for way too long. I was like, this shit still happened. <laughs> I think it was one point where I actually said that. I'm like, wow, this is still going, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it as very repetitive. Like, I don't know. But I mean, again, like, it's not, I don't think it's for us. Yeah, it's not. It's, I'm not, like, it's not you know. If I knew every word to her songs, I'd probably be like, yeah. I'd much rather watch Springsteen on Broadway. You know, what I'm that sounds that sounds terrible. <laughs> well, it tells it tells a story better. I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, but it, it's not for us. You know, like you know, Beyonce fans who know every fucking single word and want to see her perform and dance. I get it, but like, yeah, for me, I was I thought maybe having like a simple story, maybe with some performances. I think it would have just been fine. I don't think I need to see the whole fucking. I think it's like a two-hour movie, right? It felt like a fucking two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, yeah, that sounds like too long. Um, it's quite, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, Amazing Grace is about an hour hour twenty-five or so. Um, yeah, like what's like a very short short feature doc, documentary feature. Um, I, th- I think I think Tom put it best though. It is kind of self-congratulatory. Like it sure does, is. <laughs> it sure definitely is. gives off that vibe where it's just like. It's like where this Aretha Franklin one documentary sounds a little bit sounds more interesting. Yeah, there's like there's like, I feel like if anything, there's no ego involved at all. She's literally singing at a at a church in Los Angeles, and um, yeah, it it doesn't delve much into her personal life or like the creative process. Not necessarily like the creative process or anything like that. It's like just straight up music, and um, I really like that about it. Yeah, word. Where this was pretty, yeah, it's, there's moments at least, but, you know, some people might hate the fact that I said that. Like, um, probably, probably about to get destroyed by the, uh, the, the beehive. The beehive. The beehive. I would just, I just, a fan, I understand fandoms, like, I get it. People are like that with Lady Gaga. People are like that with Taylor Swift. People are like that with I'm, Beyonce. I'm like that like, with Lady Gaga now, after a star is born. Bandwagon. But it's just like, it's like, the fandoms are so interesting because it's like, it's like these motherfuckers don't even know you. It's like, like you defending what honor? <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> They're still gonna make money. <laughs> Unless it's Bruce. I mean, Bruce, I get it. He's the voice of the people. But I understand if people were being unnecessarily cruel to someone, then yeah, I think you should always try to like you know be a better person and uh, all those fun things. But fucking philosophy podcast. But uh, no, it's just yeah. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Sam Harris, and it's like it's very calming. Yeah, yeah, I love Sam Harris. He's very att- under attack by his own left side political it's ideology just, but but uh i think it's just all kind of a misunderstanding um i don't want to i don't want to read this movie i saw half of it and i don't uh, even think it's a movie to be honest <laughs> tommy we all we all know how thomas feels it's about a it fucking live concert but there's like no there's structure yeah, you, there there's you, sna- you snap in a few bts 
clips every now and then. There's no narrative. They did, really. The one thing they did that I'm not a big fan of is that if you're not going to shoot on film, but put that film overlay. Yeah, it looks like they filmed ob- it with an iPhone, it's like obnoxious. BTS footage, it's and then obnoxious. put a film filter over it. If you're going to make uh, it look like it's a home video, then get... It's like 100 bucks at Best Buy. Buy a fucking handy cam and go shoot it. There's like grain and shit? Yeah, it just right. makes it look like... Yeah, like scratches and like a notch in it. Mm. So. It's just like if you're going to go for it's that corny. effect... You, I'm pretty sure you have the money to, you know, have a, you know, have a budget for this thing. It just, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. I, I'm not a big fan of that in movies and in advertisement. I feel like if you're going to do it, I think you should do it right. Yeah, but that's just me. Let's that's hope. like that's like a, such a minor gripe though. That's like almost like frivolous to complain about that. Uh, Did you watch anything else? I think yeah, I watched something else, but I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. So you rather talk about the Beate documentary? Yeah, because I feel like that was a little bit more interesting. What did you watch? I mean, I, I watched. All right, I would say this much: I watched a rom com, and I know you guys. It has to hear. be very uninteresting for you to put a live concert Which in rom-com? front of it. Uh, all right, I'm gonna let you guys know. Don't judge me, but I just had a real morbid well, curiosity go. just to watch go. it. <laughs> uh, it was I'm just, curious if I watched it. It's this. Uh, this is big. It's it's a Netflix release. It's a really big. I haven't watched it though. Uh, it was really big when it came out. They actually they announced the sequel, and I'm thinking like, what the fuck is this? Why is everyone on this like hype train? And it's uh to all the boys I loved before. Oh, I heard this was good. Uh, no, it's 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 a cute movie. It's, to all the boys I've loved loved, bef- loved before. This isn't this isn't an embarrassing. I heard like someone. Well, I just good I just about I it. just I just know you, you're not a, you guys are not a big fan of rom coms. I like rom coms. Well, this is like a teen rom. This is like a it's teen, teen rom com. It's super. It's super. Uh, it definitely feels that way. Uh, but I am just imagining you watching it right now. I mean, it's. I I don't know why it's I not made it, for you. It's like this is like definitely Disney not, Channel shit. Yeah, it definitely wasn't made for me. I'm not the target audience. Uh, I think everyone in the movie was charming and it, it was it was fine. Uh, definitely not for me. Uh, I realize that high school problems are so fucking minor. Could you talk about what this is about? Because now I'm curious. Oh, you oh you don't know anything about this movie? No. Oh, let me see if I can look it up real quick. I'm not uh, hooked into the. Yeah, you don't have Netflix. I just realized that. Yeah. They, they were well, like, they just they, were... they just hiked their prices up. So I mean, fuck. They're they're promoting the shit out of yeah, this I movie and promoting the shit out of the sake. Dude, fifteen ninety nine, man. Yeah, good. Fuck that shit. I mean, it's four. I can downgrade to HD, but fuck, man, I got a 4K TV. Uh, fucking Netflix. Man. That's all. Uh, that's a sizable chunk of money. <laughs> what? How much? Fifteen ninety nine. Just wait. They hiked up to fifteen for 4K. Yeah. Oh, I don't have 4K, so it don't matter to me. I need all that right. shit. Right? It's crisp. It's crisp. Uh, so to all the boys I loved before, released in 2018 on that Netflix exclusive joint, uh, directed by Susan Johnson. Uh, tagline is the letters are out. Uh, Laura Jean's love life goes from imaginary to out of control when her secret love letters to everyone she's ever fallen in love with were, were mysteriously mailed out. So the whole premise of the movie is that this young girl, when she falls in love or when she feels strongly about like an emotion, she will write it down in a letter. I like this. and address it. I like this idea. Actually. <laughs> it's super cute. It's a, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a cute idea. It's a cute movie. It's like Jesus, but. So this is what happens. She she mails this. She doesn't mail these out. She just like leads them in a little in a box, and she will never mail them out. She just it just helps her cope. So uh yeah. So basically, that's the way she comes with problems. Uh, it's super cute idea. It's you know I like I like the actors in it. They're they're enjoyable to watch on screen. Uh, and it's nice because it's a uh, she it's it's Asian American girl that's the lead of in this movie, and you know we don't get that very often. 
you know, especially in a rom-com, you know, you always get rom-coms. It's just always just like white people doing white people things. That's what we do, man. Come on, why are you hating on us? But apparently, no one else can fall in love <laughs> or have uh, have fun romantic trysts. Well for you, uh, yeah. So it, yeah, her her letters got out to all the boys, and they all kind of confront her in their own way. But one in particular, she kind of, you know, there's a little bit like the, the plot gets a little bit more trickier. Like I don't understand why they have this like this like thing where one of the boys is like, "Oh, my my girlfriend broke up with me." But I want to date you so we can get back at her, so she will come Did back to me. Yeah, but this is dude. This is so like this is so generic. This is like rom com one on one. You try to make the ex jealous by dating someone they don't like. So you know that that plot point happens. But overall, I can I can see why young people are going crazy. Man, they have the young teen heartthrobs. Uh, Lon- Lana Condor, she's great. She's in uh, Deadly Class, and uh, Lana Condor. Yeah, she's the lead. Uh, huh. And then there's there's Noah. No one's like Noah's that new uh, the heartthrob. What's his name? Siento. Yeah, he's yeah he yeah. This guy's handsome. The girl the girls are gonna go crazy for this one. Team Beat is that still a thing? Team Beat. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think that's been yeah, a thing just, for a long time. Tiger Beat was that what it is? Tiger Beat is that what it's called? The the Teen Magazine with all the heartthrobs on the on the cover. I think it was called Teen Beat, but I don't. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was called Tiger. Well, uh, Tiger Beat was another one. Oh, why do I know this? <laughs> Those are two separate things. Um, uh, but overall, like I said, it's it was. I don't think it was anything for me to like want to talk about on this show, just because I don't know if you guys were interested in it at all. I'm glad I watched it. it so was, it wasn't a waste of time. I, you know, does she like because of uh, the letters? Does she like? Um, she has. To- like basically come to she has to like deal with her issues or feelings with these guys that she used to care about you know and they never knew that so like when they get these letters they find out that they at one point she loved them or had feelings for them very strong feelings and she has to confront like each one or like they kind of confront her and there's like there's obviously like different nuances there's a little twist and turns in the plot but Mm -hmm. i rather you know just discover it for yourself so there's like multiple like little mini relationships between them. Yeah, yeah. There's like different little you know plot threads mm-hmm. that are going. They're interweaving. Harvey's looking like oh, this seems interesting. I like the idea. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a cute movie. Uh, I don't I don't you know I guess it's a three out of five. Wow, I, didn't, I didn't loved hate, it. I didn't hate my time with it, and I think uh, it's I think it was overall just well done. And they're getting a sequel, so what the fuck do I know? The kids love this shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just like Fortnite and Snapchat. This is the, the the new Fortnite of teen rom coms. Yeah. This is like yeah, this is like Fortnite. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Harvey, did you have anything else or do you wanna Um, I'll rewatch some stuff. I don't know if it's worth talking about. Um, but now I kinda of wanna talk about it really quick. Uh I watched I rewatched Eight Legged Freaks and um <laughs> Yeah, it it <laughs> it's a silly it's a silly movie. Um but I think that it I think it was kind of swept under the rug initially. I think that uh, I think it was a lot smarter than people gave it credit for. Nah, man, leave that shit under the rug. Nah, I think uh, A-Legged- I hear I hear that that movie is actually not bad. A like a freaks. It it's it's pretty smart and it it pokes fun at itself. It's very um, I think it's very self aware and it, it it makes fun of like those uh those uh older like fifties and sixties um monster horror films and I think it does it with uh some decent humor. 
It reminds me of like a evolution. I think evolution also is fairly similar, and it does a great job. Slither, Slither as well is really good. Um, I think that David Arquette probably wasn't the best choice for it, but I do kind of like David what Arquette. What happened to David Arquette? Is he still doing things? I'm not sure. I haven't seen him in anything in a while, but uh, I do like A-Legged Freaks. I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five, or a three out of five. Uh, I rewatched Child's Play. Um, the new trailer dropped. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that yet or the trailer either. Um, but I think Child's Play is still my favorite of of that series. Um, it's weird because you'd think that once a movie gets a sequel, obviously the the budget increases and uh, you expect like the production design to increase and the like the puppetry, but the the quality doesn't improve. I think and I think Child's Play. Number one is still the best in terms of uh, like puppetry and like animatronics. The I think Chucky is like at his best in the first one. He he, he doesn't look too silly, and um, it, it it still sort of frightens me if I'm honest. Like it shit scarred me as a kid, and it's still like I think it's still pretty effective. Um, You're gonna be okay, but yeah, it's probably three and a half out of five. I think Brad DeRiff. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his last name. He, um, I think he sort of got pigeonholed into like that, that, that character in, in this, in this franchise. He, he has like a very menacing, creepy voice. And I think, uh, it would have been interesting if he had done more things outside of Chucky. Who, what's his name? Uh, I think it's Brad DeRiff. Uh, yeah, he's the voice of Chucky, but he does a great fucking job. Um, yeah, that's, that's all. That was my week. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. Rewatching old horror movies. All right, uh, I watched uh, one narrative, one documentary. Um, oh, Beyonce one. No, no, it's not even a registering on my my radar. To be honest with you. All right, so I just kind of did like a point and quick kind of choice for a Netflix movie to watch. I uh, threw on Maps to the Stars. Uh, you guys familiar with this Cronenberg film? Yes, I've heard of it. Okay. David Cronenberg directed. Uh, it's Julianne Moore, Mia Wasikowski, Robert Pattinson, which, you know, that's probably the selling point, to be honest. And we have John Cusack and uh, some shitty little kid named Evan Bird. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, I don't really want to go too too into this movie. I'd rather talk about the doc, to be honest. This is, this is doc, uh, doc week at Do the Right Film. So this is a tour into the heart of a Hollywood family chasing celebrity, one another, and the relentless ghosts of their past. Yeah, nobody here has seen this, right? Okay, I do not like this movie at all. It is a tough watch. It's full of, God, like, there's nothing redeemable about the characters. And, like, I'm having a hard time. I don't mind characters that are terrible people, but I want them to be, like, at least charismatic, maybe, or something. We we need something, right? If it's not an anti-hero, nonetheless, like, like um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like maybe like Good Time is a movie where you know, it's kind of a the character is not really a good person, <clears throat> and he's not really a hero either. But you know, he's there's charisma there, right? This movie is just full of a bunch of terrible people. This disgusting, gross, like Hollywood uh, story. Um, 
a lot of weird shit happens and yeah there, there's a kid that i like the, the shitty little kid i like watching him being a little dick he's like a 13 year old kid like telling people to fuck off on set and he's talking about girls he's fucked <laughs> it's just, it's I just, her. I her too. it's just gross. It's, it's, it's really gross. Julie, uh, so you saying Julianne Moore is not likable in this film? No, she's awful. She's oh, absolutely that's awful. Point. I really like her. I mean, she's she's great. I mean, she does a good performance, but I mean, her character is meant to be absolutely despicable, as as is everyone's. Um, and they're all kind of connected through through some intertwining story. Yeah. This is a tough watch, to be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, Cronenberg isn't really my bag. I don't watch a lot of his movies. Um, but he uh, did not do it for me in, in this one. I mean, this is not a not a fun movie. I will not recommend it to anybody. Uh, I mean, I'd probably give it a two. Um, this interests me. I want to watch it now. Does it? I mean. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. I mean, you can go ahead and watch it, but. Telling you, man, there's a scene where there's some CGI involved, and it was the it was literally the worst looking CGI I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, "How did this get through? How did it, like this looks like when I took a fucking After Effects class in college? Like this is like the first project we did. It ran out of money. I mean, it's incredible, <laughs> like how bad it was. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, I don't know. I could maybe give it a two. Cronenberg often works with very, very small budgets. Yeah, I mean, he must have spent it all on the actors, to be honest. <laughs> um, what is the budget for this movie? Probably under 20, for sure. He, he usually doesn't have a lot to work with. 15 million. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That is pretty small when you factor in a... Yeah. Ooh, this... this Opening weekend, hundred grand, gross three hundred grand. Yeah, that, that sounds happens. like a flop, doesn't it? Cronenberg has this weird way of shooting. It's just like it's just. I feel like it's stuck in time. You know what I mean? And not in a weird, not in a bad way. It's just like certain films just look just look like they're they're like meant to come out in like the nineties, but they're made in like you yeah. know last I think like that's five a, years. I think that's his style. Um, did you see? He made one before that called uh, Cosmopolis. Yeah, that was just talking. That's why I was just looking. I was looking I've at the trailer. That I was just one, like, I, I like that one a lot. Um, I'd rather watch that one because it, it gives you more Rob Pattinson. Rob Pattinson is a very small character in, in uh, Maps of the Stars. I think we should all do a rewatch of Eastern Promises. That is a good one. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's probably my my favorite from him. I think that's probably everyone's favorite. But like, it's so weird to me that that movie is so different. He has such a broad like filmography. Like, yeah, he kind of does. He does like a lot of just like like all right. Look at like the like the fly, and then he also did History of Violence, and then he did you know Maps of Stars, but then he also did like Scanners and The Dead Zone. Dude, Dead Ringers. That's he. It's just dude, yeah, he's Dead like, Ringers. Yeah, he's like he's a little not all over. I guess he is all over the place. Yeah, but none of this matters because there's more important films to talk about. You guys. um... <clears throat> You guys ready to talk about the Flat Earth Society? Flat Earth Society? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, doing some YouTube clicking. Got into a debate. Well, not me, but I watched a debate between a scientist and a flat earther. Turns out this flat earther is in a documentary. 
uh, it's on Netflix it's called Behind the Curve. Um, <laughs> I kind of saw this going around the internet a little bit. This isn't the one where he accidentally proves that the Earth is round, is it? <laughs> Wait. So maybe it's not him. There's somebody in the film. Oh my god, you guys gotta watch. Look, it's not a spoiler. You guys know the Earth is round, right? I mean. No. no. Actually, the Earth is on the back of a turtle that flies across the universe until it reaches final destination in a black hole. Okay. Well, that's very specific. Um, the So, what Harvey is alluding to, I'm going to have to play it for you guys because it really is incredible. It's the very ending, but it's not a spoiler. Um, I wouldn't really, really worry about it, um, like spoiling the movie, but... Anyways, the I'll, I'll pull it up, but the synopsis for the film is uh, meet real flat earthers, a small but growing contingent of people who firmly believe in a conspiracy to suppress the truth that the earth is flat. Um, it's directed by Daniel J. Clark, and um, it, it primarily focuses on the guy I saw in the in the debate. Um, he's a uh, his name's Mark Sargent. He's articulate. He's he's intelligent sounding. I mean. He's obviously not intelligent. <laughs> He's intelligent sounding. Um uh but but essentially um you kind of follow him. Uh and he he makes his case to you. He he meets up with other flat earthers. There's a huge flat earth convention. Um and uh <clears throat> yeah, he's kind of like the the poster child. He's like the uh what's what's the guy uh what's the guy who runs Scientology? L. Uh, Ron Hubbard? No, no, that's the guy who wrote it. Wrote uh, it, yeah. Diet, Diet yeah, no, 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 it's a guy, the guy, the fucking guy. The fucking David, guy. David, uh... I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, yeah, he's kind of like that. He's not He's not the brains of the operation, but he's like the poster child. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's pretty fun. Pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, there's it, it, nothing to learn like they're not they're obviously not going to make a good case for it and i think this um this this really just kind of it goes into this part where they talk about that they uh the the flat earthers are like scientists that could have been like they they have the right ideas of questioning and and want to do that stuff they're just they're doing it wrong Uh, i disagree i think they're personally just impressionable (laughs) <laughs> on misinformed people. I don't think they're they're scientist eligible, you know? Like I think that's pretty naive of, of them. Uh yeah, this is a fun documentary. Um the fuck man, it's really hard to find this clip. I already saw it on, on here before. Um man, I really want to show you guys this fucking clip so bad. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I give I give the documentary um, probably uh, a four, man. It, I mean, it's a four. Yeah, it's it's a fun documentary, and the ending is so hilarious that uh, it really is worth worth every every second. Is it poking fun at them, or is it like actually produced by flat earthers? And- no, no, it's well, it's not produced by flat earthers, but it's also not a full on assault of, of flat earthers. It it so. An I mean, unbiased, kind of, independent filmmaker just. I mean, it's clear their, that yeah, they get scientists to talk about the or not scientists rather, but uh, 
psychologist to explain like why these people would subscribe to something so so ludicrous. But I have some ideas. <sighs> I mean, I'm not a psychologist. Damn, like I can't believe that I was just like showing somebody this video, and now it's like impossible to find. Yeah, it's uh, it's really frustrating to me. It was quite entertaining though. Um, some you, they were like trying to uh, there were like two people like standing at like a great distance, I believe, and they were trying to prove yes. that there was no curvature in the Earth by uh, shining a flashlight. And they were measuring the height at which the flashlight was uh was lifted, and if um, if like the guy on the receiving end of the flashlight could not see the flashlight, then that meant that there was curvature. I found it. And he couldn't see it. <laughs> it's very funny. If you're seeing through this hole, through the next hole, and seeing the light at the backboard, or at 17 feet off the water, the earth is flat. If he's holding it up at 23 feet high and we're seeing the light, well, that's because the earth's curved. So I, I should only be able to see it when it's at 17 feet. Okay, go ahead and drive down there, Enrique. You're going to hold the light there? And this guy talking is, is a flat earther. He's trying to prove. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's his... Um, <laughs> He's like baffled. Look, I can't see. We don't see you, Enrique. Lift up your, lift up your light up, way above your head. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. The music makes it, too. <laughs> 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 interesting <laughs> dude like, like he was like yeah. i think i think it was, it was brilliant came crashing down in that dude, it was brilliant to end it on that um and i it made the whole uh experience worthwhile and a very enjoyable film the you could tell the mark Sargent guy he's like the face of it i mean he's clearly he's clearly in this for the narcissism i think he's, he's just so fucking full of himself and he obviously has issues there he gets to be at the front of a front of a movement right and i think that's kind of just helping him like push him along with this ludicrous idea i think a lot of them probably have that same issue they probably want to feel some sort of uh i don't know probably belonging or uh or they're not some sort of recognition people you know there's like there's people who build shit there's people who like know a lot about like lasers and shit like this guy that makes flat flat earth models from scratch there's a little montage it's incredible he makes these beautiful handmade flat earth models with Imagine the, your power. Imagine what you can do if you fought for the good guys. Right. I guess that's their their rationale there. But yeah, that's it for me. Uh, if if you want a good laugh uh, and some insight into the the flat Earth uh, society, flat Earth army, who wears a shirt in the entire documentary says flat Earth army. Um. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, essentially, these people believe that everything's a conspiracy and. and like, an astronaut can fly up to space, which they have, and they can look down and be like, oh, shit, the Earth is right there. It is round. I see it right now. I'm, what I'm curious is, what? why do they believe that not only the U.S. government, but all go- governments would be... Uh, able? Yeah, to- able to conceal th- this uh, conspiracy, but also why would they conspire to tell us this? Think, so what-, what it is is... um. They don't want years and years of science to be unturned by such a, you know, fallacy in the scientific progression of of society. So, like, they're just like, well, 
we we already set this narrative. We have to we oh, have to keep it going. We that's have. the dumbest. That's the dumbest <laughs> conspiracy ever. We we can't say we're wrong. You know that's that's their rationale. Well, that's dumb as shit. Yeah, it's very dumb. And and you know it's like you can't keep secrets like that. But they're like, yeah, but this this is one of those secrets. It's the big one. Yeah, yeah, I could come up with a way better one in like ten minutes. That's dumb. <laughs> no, like they have to keep the secret. That's why they keep it so well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he goes to a, a lunar eclipse, and he's like amazed by it. Mark Sargent, the guy, which is not the guy doing the experiment in that ending. Uh, but yeah, he goes to a lunar eclipse and he sees it with his own eyes. He's like, "Wow, that's incredible!" Like he he believes that like it's essentially. So I I don't want to go too far into this, but if you don't know, flat Earth is not. They don't believe in the same principles as us, like. They're, they they're don't like us. No, what I mean by that is they don't just believe in the shape of the earth being different. Like we have gravity, you know, we believe that like the earth is a you know, uh in the solar system. It's not like they're like, yeah, we believe all the same shit except instead of a sphere, it's flat. No. They believe that there is a screen over it and we're in a simulated planetarium mm-hmm. and that there are most high creators who are projecting onto that like the sky we see is like all the constellations are on that screen above us so they don't believe in like most science all right yeah let's move on you seem very frustrated please no i think it's, it's it's fascinating all right cool let's let's get into it we're gonna be talking about uh what's that guy's name david lee roth david lee roth <laughs> no not at all <laughs> How dare I? How dare I? Um, so we're going to be talking about Under the Silver Lake, which is directed by David Robert Mitchell. Let's take a listen to a clip. Who moves out in the middle of the night? Nothing strange about it. She wanted to leave. How does that not make sense? I don't understand why she didn't tell me. Maybe she didn't like you. Maybe she knows you're poor and haven't paid your rent. We found some kind of code or like secret message in her apartment. It means stay quiet. Our world is filled with codes, subliminal messages from Silver Lake to the Hollywood Hills. Could any of this be connected to Sarah? I know this girl. There's a message in the music. All right. What a clip. What a clip. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, directed by David Robert Mitchell, written by him as well. It's starring Andrew Garfield, Riley Coe. She's back. We all like her. We got a strange toe for grace in here. Cal Hernandez uh, and a few other people, um, but primarily focused, you know, neo-noir style on uh, Andrew Garfield. So synopsis is Sam, intelligent, but without purpose, finds a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment's pool one night. The next morning, she disappears. Sam sets off across L.A. to find her. And along the way, he uncovers a conspiracy far more bizarre. Okay. So, um, what did you get? I didn't even know his name was Sam the entire movie. It's interesting. Fucking hung over the whole time. Uh. <laughs> Never came up. Never came up. Uh, great. What did you guys think about Under the Silver Lake? Just so, uh, first, some backstory. I believe this movie was like, it was pushed obscenely like far in advance, right? Um, I think I saw trailers for this in like late 2017 or something, man. Like this movie was uh 
supposed to come out and then it never did. Um, and then it just popped back up again. It was just like, here, here we are again. Uh, the budget for this is pretty low. It's looking at like, uh, 8.5 million. It's budget. Uh, I'm sure there were issues with, with the budget being so low and them trying to get it out in time. So, uh, what did you, what did you guys think of this movie? I was kind of looking forward to it because I'm so curious about it. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go first. Oh shit. Uh, so, hmm, how does hmm. it start? How does this? Start? Um, Sam, played by Andrew Garfield, he is. Um, he's sort of a. He's sort of a loner, I suppose. He. Um, he initially doesn't seem to have very many friends. He he sort of sits around in his apartment, um, uh, doing very strange things like uh, peeping. Yeah, peeping on people. Uh, and he, he has like a he has like binoculars actually, and he's just spying on his neighbors the entire time. And uh, then he happens to come across a beautiful girl played by uh, Riley Keough. Her name is Sarah. She is. Uh, just swimming in the pool. Well, actually, she wasn't swimming in the pool. She was hanging out by the pool with her little dog. And she's very beautiful, obviously. So he becomes sort of infatuated with her. He is spying on her with his binoculars. And he eventually, uh, I suppose, builds up the courage or summons up the courage to uh, go and approach her. And um, they spark a very a, a very quick and uh, short-lived friendship. They spend a night together. Uh, talking about all sorts of things and watching. Um, what do they watch on? It was like uh, a movie. How right? to uh, how to marry a millionaire? Is that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they they sort of hang out in, his, in her room and um, just talk about things and and the night sort of ends abruptly as some people show up to her apartment. Some uh, some very interesting people. One of them dressed as a pirate. And a few other women, and it's a very strange scene. And she seems slightly uncomfortable with what's uh, with what's happening. And she tells Sam that she'll see him tomorrow. And he's very excited by this, obviously, because he has been infatuated with her, and he wants to get to know her, possibly date her. But when the next day comes, uh, her apartment is completely empty when he goes back to see her. Um, they've moved out, and there's a strange symbol. Uh, hanging in her bedroom or painted on the wall of her of her bedroom, and he uh, this kicks off sort of a uh, investigation or a um, a a uh, yeah it's, it kicks off an investigation, and he is trying to d- determine what exactly happened to her and why she moved out in the middle of the night and didn't mention it, and um, this takes him on a very um, uh, neo noir. Hitchcockian adventure across uh, Los Angeles. Um, this was a weird fucking movie. Yeah. This is such a weird movie, and I liked a lot. I liked the I liked a lot of things about it, but I also was confused and uh, and I, and I hated a lot of things about it. I think that I think it's very. Um, I I think it's very ambitious. It's incredibly ambitious. He. What's his name? David Mitchell. David. We keep forgetting his name, unfortunately. <laughs> but the director, he, I, I think that you can definitely pick up uh, references and. Um, David Robert Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell. 
I think you can definitely pick up references and nods to uh, films of the past, especially Golden Age films and Hitchcock films in particular in terms of the style and the editing and also just in this character. He he sort of borders on... Uh, he's like teetering on the point of like madness and you can't... It's very difficult to tell if he is going crazy and he's just imagining things or if there is just something very strange going on in this town and with and with this uh this investigation that he's following it it sort of blurs that line of insanity and just like a very crazy wild reality and um this movie re- really leans into the the wild reality aspect it it's very uh it paints like a very very crazy and, and and like a devious uh picture of los angeles specifically hollywood and like hollywood culture and like all the f- the famous and and like vapid like it's just yeah it's very vapid and it also explores like uh the actors and the most famous people that that we know and and love i suppose and it it sort of distorts them and makes them appear a little bit dirty and and vapid and 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 uh and corrupt um it, it's also kind of difficult to talk about this movie because there's it, it offshoots in like yeah. so many fucking directions yeah this movie's like one of the hardest to actually describe or like actually have a conversation about because if you say it's like because yeah that the plot that you brought up in the beginning yeah that happens but when that happens it that kind of goes away for it, a while it like spider webs into this it's, huge mystery and this huge uh Conspiracy. Like several different conspiracies, and and, and um, he sort of explores this world, this like underbelly of L.A. while trying to figure out what happened to to Sarah, and um, yeah, like I said, I think it does take like an interesting uh, direction in terms of like uh, like piggybacking or not necessarily piggybacking, but uh, like referencing like Hitchcock and Hitchcockian films, and like it's called Under the Silver Lake, so it sort of makes reference to obviously like Silver Lake, but also like the silver screen and like the golden age of uh, Hollywood and, and those actors, I think it references a lot of, a lot of that. And it sort of, like I said, distorts that and um, creates this conspiracy beneath Hollywood that, uh, and beneath Silver Lake, which, um, which is one thing I really like about it, but I think it it is ultimately just very cluttered and confusing. And I think that that initial plot, which was, which was interesting. I sort of, I think it like gets buried beneath all of the clutter. I think there's a good movie in here, but there's like so much shit in the way and things that are open and left unexplored yeah. that it's difficult to sort of like pin down a, a very concise and, 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 uh, I don't know, like a good story to, to latch onto. But I, like I said, he does bring up, he does introduce a lot of interesting things and a lot of different, uh, a, uh, a lot of different things that I haven't seen before, and I think that they ultimately don't go anywhere for the most part. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This was a this is a conflicting movie for me, but um, I think that just that amount of clutter that's in the way of the story prevents it from being like anything great or or anything good for me. Um, yeah, am I missing uh, anything? No, I mean all your points are valid. This film is not going to be for everyone 100 percent like not everyone's gonna like it not i mean 
even if you do, like even if you don't get it i think you can get something out of it uh, uh like the comments with the plot threads and where it goes i i actually enjoy the fact that shit was left unsplained like there's this one there's this one element of like kind of like horror that gets sprinkled into the film and i like the fact that you don't get much out of it like it just happens and then it goes away like the dog killer no the uh the, the owl dude yeah. that shit was creepy as fuck yeah that that was like and and i like that mm. idea because he's being brought into a world that he doesn't understand and i think it it plays at one of my favorite uh one of my favorite books by neil gaiman is uh neverwhere and it plays at the idea of that under london there's like a secret city a secret world that exists that no one knows about and you know the main character kind of falls into that world and there's shit that you that he doesn't understand but it gets brought up in the book but and then it just kind of goes away because th- that's that's it's it's something complete i don't know i feel like it just works at certain points but then i can understand why people might have complaints saying there's no through line there's no like something to cling on to uh i like right. the introduction i like the fact that certain plot points do disappear uh, you know, I don't need a fucking explanation for everything, and I don't need a conclusion for everything. Uh, I'm okay with that, but I can definitely see how that could hinder the film. You yeah. know, it, this movie is like what a two hour and twenty minute. Yeah, film? That's long. It's a it's long fucking long film. Movie. Like, and I was completely engaged throughout the whole thing. I was interested. I was, I was loved unraveling. This is actually kind of one of my. Uh, these are, uh, these kind of films are like my thing. This reminds me of Inherent Vice. I love a mystery and I love that just like meeting all these characters and like, you know, finding a, finding like conspiracies. I don't know. I get kick out of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of meeting somewhere in the middle between you and Harvey. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. Like with, yeah, I'm okay with the things being like not explained, but, um, what, what I find the biggest issue for this movie was that, um, a lot of the investigative type stuff just wasn't as like thrilling enough for me. Like there, there was never a moment where I was like, "Oh shit, what's that? Oh, what's gonna happen next?" Or like, I was kind of hoping that it would it would ride those lines a little bit more and and kind of like it, it all just kind of comes at you random. It's just a bunch of random shit, and I think that's where it, where it really does it fails to connect with me. I do have to say though, there were scenes that I absolutely love, like standalone moments, like the piano scene was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, the piano scene was great. <laughs> I was, I was laughing like, pretty that, fucking hard. That, that, that was is great. a fucking good scene. That was great. Man. That that actually, like, I think that encapsulates a lot of the themes in the film as well. Yeah, that, it does for sure. It, it encapsulates a lot of like the anxiety, not even just like what the theme of the film is but i think it encapsulates a lot of the like societal issues that we deal with now like a generational thing and also just like the influence the influence of hollywood and and what that means yeah. for not only like our society but also like across the world and and where it's determined by this one singular place and you have this fucking dude on a piano yeah. and I think it's, it's, it works very well it's an incredibly ambitious film i think there's more here that we could possibly dig out if we kept going uh, or watch it again. Um, I, this, I do want to point is, out. I'm gonna say right now, this is definitely gonna be one one rewatch for me. I need to see this again. I want to. I want to. I want to dig in. Too. I need to dig in a lot more. And like, I'm gonna read more theories and uncoverings, and then rewatch it. So essentially, uh, I sent you guys a text. It's it's kind of a less serious notion of what I'm about to explain, but um, there's a Reddit just for this film where people are kind of deciphering some of the codes in the film and everything. 
all the stuff. Uh, but this guy has an interesting theory that he's shaggy. Uh, <laughs> it's compelling. It's compelling stuff. Uh, but on a serious note, if you go on, go into that Reddit, you'll find some other very juicy stuff. Um, Dude, it kind of works just because I'm like <laughs> just initially reading it and then thinking about all the characters that you run into through the movie. Yeah. They are like tropey. Cart- they're cartoons. All of them are fucking cartoons. Right, right. So he could be Shaggy. Like I could kind of see Scooby it. After Scooby died. <laughs> right. I mean, like that dog killer like plot doesn't really go anywhere. It's it doesn't know. Yeah. So that's. I like, feel like that's a spoiler. The, it's just a the bad drop. I, I feel like that's a spoiler though, because I feel like that's that's supposed to kind of. Ho- that's like these. That's what I'm saying. All these little things are trying to hook you, and you don't know what what is what. And I think it. Kinda, I just wish one of them, or all of them, would have hooked me. Yeah, it's just like I, I feel like that's. I, don't, I hate to say that's the point of the film, but I feel like that's what it's supposed to put you in the place of the character. I think it helps to distract you for sure, and it helps you to put you in that, uh, that like in that investigation and the and then mystery of it. Yeah. You don't really know what what and what to true. grab onto, and he, he he's just as lost as you are, trying to trying to make sense of this world and and what's happening. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of moments where I was look like watching this movie, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" And this is incredible. Um, there are a lot of like great singular moments in this, and um, a lot of like great fucking shots too. To be honest, um, I don't know. Ultimately, I th- I think the the amount of clutter it's it's definitely difficult to get through it. Not difficult difficult to get through, but it's like difficult to get through that clutter, especially on one watch alone. And um, yeah, it's it's just difficult to to know or to know what to latch on to and what to uh sort of dismiss and it's it it, it doesn't uh now, it doesn't guide you through it very well. Now what would be very fun with this movie is if somebody puts out a commentary version where they break everything down as you're watching it because it I mean you got to be super smart to get all this shit in one go. I mean just alone, like uh, the very first scene, there's they're like a it was a coffee shop, yeah. Um, and there's a guy wearing a shirt with a bunch of like symbols on it. Um, somebody like freeze frame that and like solve the riddle on his shirt, and it's just like because it gives you the clues in the movie how to decode, right? But like that's the first thing you get. Like you kind of forget about it. You yeah. How would you go back to it unless you rewind it? You know. I, see, that's the f- this that's this, fun, this movie is so much fun though. I don't know. I just like it all is this. Fun. I there love, are fun I love moments. All that. Yeah, sure. there's a lot of fun moments for me, and I it's and just not gives me. It's kick. just it's fun like moments, but just as a whole, it doesn't. It's not gripping for me. Yeah, this, this is one of those movies where I was like, I like forgot that I was in a theater for a second. I was like, fuck, I got to rewind that part because like, <laughs> what, what is happening? Yeah, but yeah, I excuse think, me, sir. <laughs> you, you you definitely you need controls to watch this movie yeah it's interesting uh yeah i'd like to see more movies like this i mean i i don't know i didn't really know what to expect i mean i've only seen it follows and that's a very i mean there's some metaphor in that movie but it's not as thick as this at all yeah but overall it's a very easy movie to grasp whereas whereas this one is it's interesting overall i'm glad i watched it um i was hoping for a more compelling uh gripping you know, like direction or twist or something. Um, it's kind of just a bunch of wild shit happening and uh, with no rhyme or reason. Yeah, I think ultimately the the conspiracy that we do see resolved in this movie is 
less compelling than I would have liked it to be. The uh-huh. ending was, I, I wasn't excited or, or really, uh, yeah, caught by that, by that ending and, and, uh, where things ended up. So I think that, I think exploring the other like avenues in this movie would be yeah. probably more exciting on a second watch. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, see, I think, I think I'm more on the other spectrum. Like, it's like, I don't think you, I understand what you guys are saying. I know you guys don't hate the film. Either there's highlights, but I just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm definitely more on the positive side. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning positive too. Um, I just, I just, oh. I just had a kick. Even just like thinking back on like certain moments, I was just like, man, that was just like it was, it was so much fun. Or like, I want to like decrypt more. Like, what, what was the meaning? Like, all right, there's a one scene in the beginning, very beginning, when he's walking into his house, the squirrel scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just like that's something that I, I, you forget about, right? Because there's 20 other fucking crazy things that happen in the movie. Well, right, but I think that could be a downfall and it's detrimental to the overall plot um i don't know it's just like i don't know i just think there's little things i want to like learn i want to rewatch and like get more out of it i don't know I've, i i kind of yeah I, kinda, I agree with you i just i don't know i just didn't feel uh very moved or impacted by it but it was very interesting and i'll probably rewatch that piano scene like 500 times <laughs> especially when he starts playing the song that's in question. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um Yeah, what a, what an interesting movie. It was really fucking interesting. I think no matter what I'm going to watch it again for sure. I think that my uh opinion of the movie could change or I'm just sure, something it could it change could in the future. Change. But um yeah, I don't I think that there was so much shit in this movie that I had never seen before out of a movie that um I think it's worth it to watch for that alone. One thing it does good is it does keep you gripped or not gripped, uh, engaged and like grounded. Um, a movie that I would say is could be similar is Velvet Buzzsaw, and I think that movie is just all over the place, just fucking, just. Oh, it's very it's very heavy handed in right, its message. and it's just it's just like wishy washy, and there's other characters. Whereas this film works so well because you're you are with, I mean, I'm just a fan of singular characters, but uh, this film works so well because you you are in the shoes of of Sam and, and you are investigating I would, with him. I would say, yeah, I think that's the one flaw of Velvet Buzzsaw for me, at least, was that idea. It's like if we had one person to follow and see their arc through, like. If there was something there to keep us, yeah, I uh, think all films are better when they're like that. I'm just, but when you, I feel like it was weird that you just jumped to like 20 different characters throughout the film. But let's not talk about Velvet Buzzsaw. We're not ruining that movie now. Uh, uh, no, man, I, I've I had a blast. I had a lot of fun just kind of like watching. I mean, this is characters. not, and an I easy love, watch I love, yeah, it's not my Hangover, easy, not an easy watch, and I would not recommend this to a lot of people. Uh, if you have any interest in it, I say give it a shot. See what, see. Who, See how you feel, you know? But if you don't know what this is and you know, I'm I'm not gonna tell you go go out to the theaters and watch this. I would say it's like it's definitely unpredictable. Yeah, because you probably come out like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like a M night Shyamalan plot twist where it's Yeah, what? like some shit literally goes unanswered. Yeah, I mean it, there's no singular twist. There's like five hundred twists, so you can't really predict them. 
But yeah, cool. I mean, it was. I think it goes back yeah. to the to the message, though. I feel like a lot of this just kind of goes back to the theme or the idea of the film. You know, like the themes that they're trying to hit on, like. Yeah, for sure, for oh. sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know all the themes to be honest with you. I, I'd love to read more about it from smarter people. <laughs> I think, and then rewatch it with that new uh, information. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like. Like Steve, if you watch uh if you watch Burning, you haven't watched it yet, right? No. <laughs> Burning is very similar to this in the sense that it it does have these like representations and metaphors and or I think Burning is way more compelling and, and easier to watch. Um but you should watch it if you like this one. You should definitely watch Burning. Yeah. I'm uh <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely uh, Burning I to need me to is like a Korean version of, of that. I love I love films like these. This is kind of like my go-to kind of stuff. I love I love a good mystery. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to drop some scores? I'm gonna give it a four out of five. God damn! I really liked it. I had a blast, and I'm definitely gonna go back for rewatch. Not a perfect movie by any means, yeah, but I, I think it just does so much more right with me, and it just keep me. It kept me engaged, if, even for two hour and twenty minutes. I was kind of wish it went a little bit longer. <laughs> It was dragging a little bit for me, but yeah, I didn't feel that moment. I didn't feel that momentum slip at all for me. Maybe I was hungover, uh, given my my condition and you know just overall my viewing. I'm kind of somewhere between a three and a three and a half. I did like this a lot about this movie, and I think there's a lot here. Um, it's not it's not four star territory for me because of overall, just didn't feel any sort of movement by the the resolve i don't know three three and a half i'll I'll sleep on it i'll sleep on it harvey what about you yeah i would give it a three um okay i think that uh i don't know i think if you like movies how we like movies i think you would get a lot out of this i think it 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 i think it shows some shit that i've never quite seen before and it has some amazing scenes yeah i mean it, it's very heavy with the homage to Hitchcock yeah. holy yeah. shit now this whole it film is, is an homage to like old fucking Hollywood films it yeah. is like but the just soundtrack, the, the first scene yeah. at the balcony is like secret yeah, window it, it is very yeah. Hitchcock, exactly. rear window it's just yeah. very like golden age in general even like down to like the fucking lighting you have yeah, like lighting the, like when he first meets her that that the, just the lighting on her eyes yeah, that's so pretty it, funny it's just like it's it just it's like poking f- you know what it is it's like watching his how the way he he perceives his world. That's what I feel like it is. He perceives his world as like this this certain kind of golden age film and we're watching what he perceives in his own mind. I don't know. I just that's the way I see it. Yeah. It's uh interesting. It is very funny. I feel like if I was listening to this review and I hadn't seen it, I'd be very interested in seeing it. Yeah. Based on what we said. Uh yeah, that's what kind of movie it is. As of as a narrative, as a feature narrative though, I can't I don't think I can give it above a three, at least on the first watch, because yeah. it's. Yeah, I think it is bogged down by all that, the clutter and the, the unexplained mysteries. I wouldn't mind as much if uh, I felt that the, the core of that 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 plot was strong enough and the story was strong enough. But yeah, I, I think it dragged a lot, spe- specifically in the third act and um, where it ends up. I don't think it is worth the uh, worth the time necessarily, but. Um, that being said, I, I am going to watch this again. I, it does have some crazy shit in it. 
Right, yeah. Uh, uh, that alone is a good thing. It's able to... Uh, the it, piano scene. Goddamn. Yeah, dude, it's great stuff. All right, cool. Um, when he the the scenes with the kids, I fucking completely forgot that about was that. That was hilarious. That was very funny. I was dying. <laughs> That's when you definitely can tell that his character is kind of unhinged, and you try to and you start to question his well, his own reality. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> dude. That shit was <laughs> fucking. I didn't expect that. I thought he was gonna like. I was, I was kind of rooting for him. Though. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck that. It. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Get up. Um, <clears throat> All right, cool. So um, we're going to move on now. We're going to pick a movie. It's been predetermined by our overlords at Disney, I think. I already fucking bought my ticket. I've had a ticket for like three weeks. Yeah, me too. A-list, AMC A-list, very very good future. Don't have to worry about shit. I could show up right when the movie starts. I'm not looking forward to that experience, though. I got the best showing. Well, I'm doing Sunday at 11 I'm Sunday. No, I'm Saturday at 8.30 a.m. No one else is going to be in that fucking theater. Oh, yes, they will. Yes, they will. They will will show up. I think they will. It'll be the people who went for the premiere, and they want to rewatch it. Oh, man, I want to rewatch it. It's so good. (laughs) They probably didn't sleep. Look, look. I I hate it. I hate it. But I gotta know what happens, right? Like they they are successful in that. They are have successfully like this is why like people like Game of Thrones. I think they, they just want to know what happens, right? The it's a cliffhanger. The, the last film is a giant cliffhanger. So uh, we're gonna be watching Avengers Endgame um, next week. So let's move on. Uh, I think now we're gonna talk about um, Los Angeles, which is not a place that any of us lived in fact i've only visited when i was four years old i i don't have a, a lot of experience with, with los cool angeles spot. um so but essentially uh some movies make it look cool some movies kind of encapsulate it as a character in the film and you know it's an la movie right like most films are made in la well not most but eh, probably most most um, are at least funded and right, right. They're based in L.A. Um, oh, never mind. I'm fucked, man. This theater's almost full. I just checked. Yeah, yeah of course it's almost full. Um, yeah, so to you, what are movies that kind of paint this L.A. picture and, and, and suck you into that world? Like, notably, uh, off the top of your head. Uh, easily. I mentioned it during our review. Uh, Inherent Vice is a Paul Thomas Anderson film released in 2014. Uh, it's basically about a detective or a private eye who gets hired to find a missing person. It's it's basically like every neo noir, every fucking mystery, you know, that's based out in L.A. <laughs> but it, it, I don't know. I feel like it made it. It reminds me of what this film did, but I feel like this definitely had way more direction, way more like cohesive, and uh, of course, there's Paul Thomas Anderson. Like he's gonna fucking knock it out the park. Uh, beautifully I, shot. I rented this movie once. You didn't like it. Couldn't right. fucking get through the first thirty minutes. I'm willing to give it another shot. Uh, yeah, starring Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Such a fun time, and also I think it just captures like what we expect from LA, like all these characters, like, and you see distinctive regions in LA, like the you know there's the yuppies, there's the people who have money that kind of control a lot of the stuff. You know, you see them dealing with that, and then you also you see them dealing with all the fucking hippies out in. Uh, where, where's where, where's that one fucking area? I need to look it up again. But you know the huge music scene out of LA during the seventies. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this movie definitely encapsulates uh, Los Angeles. And then another film that I've watched, I think it was one of my favorites of that year, was uh, The Nice Guys. Ryan, uh, 
Ryan Gosling. Huh? I still haven't seen that. Oh, you're missing out, man. Yeah, you're missing out, man. It's a good uh, film. Good flick. Uh, now I know. Uh, yeah, the nice guys. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe. Again, detective story. Two, two guys trying to solve a mystery and basically get caught up in the seedy underbelly of L.A. I don't know why L.A. works so perfectly for this. I guess because how it's depicted in media in general is, you know, this beautiful place where, you know, the rich and famous live. But then when you get down to, like, what it really is about, you see how just fucking terrible everyone is to them, to like each other and <laughs> to themselves. Uh, it, yeah, again, this I think a lot of these, what these films have in common is the people in L.A., Rather than the city itself, I guess. But I guess the people make the city, so whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, Nightcrawler. Just gonna put that out there as a. How do you know you're not picking people's movies here, man? Come you're on. not. You're not picking that. Uh, all right. Uh, you're like fuck. <laughs> so a movie that I think kind of was one of my first introductions into like feeling like I was in L.A. and kind of this this. I don't know this underworld, this LA underworld society that may or may not exist is a the Big Lebowski. I feel like uh, them driving around to all those different locations and 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 whatnot. Just I don't know. It felt very LA, and it it kind of you know the the rich part of LA was was almost like a character, and and yeah, I think. I think it was it was interesting, right? You got you guys agree with that? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I like they go to that little beach town area. I'm like I don't, and just the dude's character itself feels very like like that. You know, the forgotten L.A. You know, meets the the rich yuppie L.A. in the '90s. But yeah, uh, if I had to pick like a second movie, a runner up is a movie I gave Steve. It's falling down. <laughs> I feel, I feel like the way that he kind of just for like the first scene is in traffic and it's really fucking hot and he gets out of his car he starts walking he he encounters some some cholos you know and uh it just it just kind of paints this picture LA like that that film would not work anywhere else right i mean as much as you might not like that film steve like you have to give me that like that film has to be in LA. I'm not gonna give you an inch. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels. It's. I, I would say that's the most LA feeling film I've ever watched. To be honest. Yeah. I. I don't know. Makes me want to visit. I've been saying that for years. Still haven't fucking visited. Yeah. What about you, Harvey? What's your. Uh, what's your LA tourist uh, campaign video? Mine is probably a little unconventional or. Unsettling. Um, Unsettling. Yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time, probably top five, is uh, Mahalan Drive. Okay. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it or not. Uh, it's directed by David Lynch. Um, it uh, stars Naomi Watts and um, what's a dark-haired lady, uh, Laura Herring, and. Um, Laura Herring's character, uh, Rita, she is, uh, she gets into a car accident and she sort of has, she has amnesia and she is wandering around the streets of LA trying to figure out who she is and she runs into Naomi Watts' character, uh, 
I think her name is Betty. And uh, together they sort of try to figure out who Rita is, what her real identity is. And they sort of develop this relationship, which uh, becomes sexual and very hyper erotic to a degree. I've never seen this. And um, together they uh, dive into this... um, this very dark and uh dark and uh like i don't know sort of insidious relationship and it sort of <laughs> i was saying insidious <laughs> it like mirrors the the city that they're in and like the way that la is captured in this movie it's fucking it's beautiful at the same time but it's there's this uh it's like this no 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 there's this darkness beneath like that beautiful veneer of a city and um this movie has some of the more uncomfortable and uh and and uh and dark uh scenes that I've ever seen and uh or about LA and and the in terms of like the ideas it um but it is beautiful and um for some reason this movie always made me want to live in LA even though I think it would probably and inspire the opposite of most people um but yeah i mean i get that it is a it's an incredible movie and uh i love it to death uh, you should put this on your list for me and steve i've thought about it but i feel like i've because I, I actually haven't seen it either for some reason i feel like i've talked about it a lot but, i don't uh, think you've talked about it ever on this podcast okay well yeah, yeah that, that's on my list now um yeah put that on there i mean because that's Instead of a B-horror, why don't you spare me and give me that? I don't know. There's a lot to be gained from some B-horrors. Yeah, next... Uh, you know, he's talking shit right now. Next time, get him. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah. I have a loss in a while, guys. <laughs> I might not lose this time I'd have either. to give you an uh, eight-legged freaks, freaks, too. Part two? There's a, there's, there's Ten-legged a freaks? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. Nine-legged? <laughs> Sixteen-legged. You got to double it. You got to double it. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know if I have another. I think... Um, I think Chinatown's great. You ever see Chinatown? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that. Really? That's there, there's a there's a ton of them out there, one. to be honest. Um, yeah, I love, like, I don't know. I just love fucking, I love, uh, uh, what they call it? noir. I love fucking noir film. I love that shit. Chinatown is interesting because uh, it is it is, it is is a noir, and um, Jack Nelson plays, like, a private detective, and he's, like, investigating this woman's uh, husband and, um, like, following his his moves and shit it, it it shows you like that that like dark underbelly that that's like a common theme in uh in like movies especially i think that's a common theme in noir movies but especially those set in LA and and about like uh like the people of LA there's always this uh this darkness beneath like the beauty and that's um that's just something i find very fucking we got to do a, we, we got to do a, a new york version we should do that New York is just dirty, dirty on top of dirty. Yeah, it's like just caked right, on but there, dirt. But there's some there's some films that really encapsulate it. I think so. We should one week. We'll, we'll have yeah. to add that. The Pope of uh, Greenwich Village. Have you seen that? No, I heard about that movie. movie. One movie well, I'm I adding a lot to my list now. <laughs> you never have shit in the moment, but now you have like eight movies. Yeah. Yeah. I always have a. I got a list, but I just, it's difficult picking the right shit, you know. Right. I don't have a list because I'm terrible at everything. But cool. Speaking of lists, you guys want to play a game? Not really. 
over well, games. Right, but you know, it's, we have to. Try it again, Tom. Try it again. Ask the question again. This time for sure. <laughs> it's Sounds time for guys. Get Wrecked. Oh, no, your movie voice? Your, your game show host voice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Ladies and gentlemen. Get- I would leave. I'm going to leave. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play Get Wrecked now. Uh, this is the game where we roll a 12-sided die, not some lame six-sided die. Uh, and, and we're going to uh, see whoever rolls the highest number is going to assign a movie to the person who rolls the lowest number. I can't lose because uh, I can't I can't watch two movies. Why not? Uh, the way my life is set up, you know, I got some, some things to do. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna help you guys out here and start start the the race. You think it's a pizza kind of night? I was thinking about pizza actually. It may be. Ooh, I got a ten. That's not bad. It is kind of bad. No. I'm scared to win. Well, it looks like I'm going to lose again, probably. Unless Steve blows it. He got a nine. Oh, uh, Harvey, this is not, not looking good. God damn it. God damn it. How about I do it again? He rolled the three. Two threes in a row. This is. All right. Can I just give you Lion? I don't want to watch. Why? Lion. It's on Netflix. I don't have Netflix. You don't own it. Oh, maybe, oh well. Well, I mean, you can log in on mine. Oh my god! Just watch Lion, man. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. It's a goddamn masterpiece. Well, it's, it's an epic. Okay. I'll, I'll I'm standing. My, I'm standing my ground right now. Right. Okay. I'll I think, watch it. I just. I just think. Look, you'll Dude, be happy. He's, he's, Watching it, I doubt I'll be happy. You will be happy. Oh, trust me. After after you review, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I'm glad I watched this movie." What's that runtime? Two hours. Only two? I'm pretty sure it's like an hour and thirty. No wait, no, it's more than an hour thirty. I was actually scared. I thought it was like three hours. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> they got you good. What is it? No, don't tell me. Uh, don't no, tell I'm me. I'm not looking at it yet. So. Oh, I oh, it's hour fifty. You're good, man. Hour fifty eight. <laughs> I thought it was a three hour movie. From what I, it feels that epic. Yeah, does it? it? Feels, it epic? Does feel, yeah. That's not how I describe time. All right. If I'm well, at the fucking DMV for four hours, it was epic. No, it, just, it, <laughs> it took was a long an time. epic amount of time. But you know, epic sweeping movies sometimes are long. I guess we'll see. All right, you're gonna love it, man. Hour crisp hour and fifty eight minutes. You know, with credits, you probably they include credits in the runtime. Is that a thing? Anyways, that's going to be it for us, guys. So, next week, we're going to be talking Avengers Endgame. Uh, we're going to be, like, our topic's going to be a favorite superhero. Just kidding. That's probably not going to be our topic. No, let's do that. Um, sounds cringy. Sounds cringy. I don't want to be one of those podcasts. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned next week where we cynically tear that movie apart. Or, in the case of Infinity War, where I went into it ready to cynically tear it apart, I ended up quite enjoying it. So, we'll see what... He loved it. We'll see what uh, what the uh, Disney Marvel Universe cinematic land of what if What business. if this... What if... All right. This is my theory. I got it. I'm going in with some hot theories. What if they kill everyone, right? Follow me. And then they're like, you know, like... And then at the end of the thing... 
you know, all the movies that they ha- they were planning to release in the next couple of years, they have them all lined up before the credits, and then they strike them off, and then they'll be like, and then we're done. Should we make gambles on who they're going to kill? Uh, Captain America, for sure. Uh, Iron Iron Guy. Iron Guy is my favorite character. Uh, yeah, he's definitely going to go. Well, we can't spoil it when it comes, but I'm sure people will find out the first uh, week. S- Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure they're going to reboot him. I so. mean, he's already got a movie coming out. A few weeks later. Does he really? Yeah, the new Spider-Man movie. Fucking Christ, well, man. I think that takes place before the Yeah, I think they're going to uh, kill uh, Tony Stark. But that's my guess. They're going to kill our boy Iron Guy. They're I just think kill- Robert Downey Jr. is like, I'm done, guys. I can't do it anymore. Uh, Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain Captain uh, Fantastic, he's going as well. Uh, Captain Fantastic. And Black Widow. I feel like she's not really doing anything anymore. She's kind of there. She was just being, on Hot being- Ones. Was she? Yeah. Wait, she's Scarlet, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was on Hot Ones. Uh, what do you think? What What do you think they're gonna do with Black Panther? <laughs> Black Panther's not dying. Yeah, well, he's they, not dying, but I feel like oh, they're gonna milk that. They're gonna, they're gonna ride that cash yeah. cow the, to the, the grave line. Uh, who else do we think might die? I'm gonna start doing cross promotions with McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully our boy Deadpool's in the next uh, Avengers film because uh, they Disney just bought Fox's uh, rights for all Who? those movies. Deadpool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we get also the X Men versus the Avengers. That was a good comic book run that happened. I'm trying to see Wolverine. That was a huge rip from the shreds. Uh, Wolverine's dead. Yeah. Spoiler. Wolverine's not dead. That was in the future. Oh, that is true. That is true. And this is the current timeline. Hugh Jackman's going to run out of money. He's like, guys, I'll do one more. (laughs) I'll do anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's end it there. We'll, we'll see who's right about their their next week. Spoilers. I'm spoiling everything. Maybe we'll do like a ending. We'll put, we'll put a spoiler discussion at the end. It's all right. This movie's going to be three hours long. Yeah, this is rough, dude. Three fucking hours. That's why I booked it in the morning because yeah. I'm like, it's like you know what? I'm I mean, not mine's doing 11 shit Saturday so morning. I'll probably just jump on the L train and come straight here to record. It's probably be too late. We'll probably be in bed by the time you get out. <laughs> I, mean, I should be there <laughs> by three. I should be here by three. I think. Oh, All right. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Check us out on our website at dotherightfilm.com. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoyed the episode. Uh, we were going to record a Do the Right Film video. Uh, we're going to pick out some of the best uh, films streaming on, like Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Yeah, we were, but then Thomas drank too much. No, it's not really that I drank too much. I just I have to get home and get to sleep because I have a 5 a.m. call time tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to try to knock that out during the week and get that out to you by next weekend. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, if you have any ideas of like. You know, quick snippet uh, video ideas that you'd like to see. Uh, a service that we can do for you. Uh, let us know. You can uh, always drop us a line on our website, the contact page. Um, yeah. I think that about does it for us. I think uh, everyone is tired. It's been a long day. Let's uh, let's blow this pop. My favorite uh, superhero is Squirrel Girl, by the way. Squirrel Girl? Yeah. Yeah. We'll save it for next week, man. Come okay. on. All right. All right, bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Um, we need a... I feel like you're controlling me now. Catch Remember how this story ended. Exploring where the cameras cannot see. You and I beneath the surface where the lovers can
turning to you.